0: Roger Williams University is hosting a crisis management seminar on May 3rd at their Providence campus. Crises, whether a natural disaster, cyber attack or financial instability, can have severe repercussions if not handled properly. This is where crisis management plays a pivotal role. Join Roger Williams MBA students and expert speakers to learn how to prepare for the unexpected. The program is totally free and open to the public. You can register online at rwu.edu/events/crisis-management-symposium. This is the Bartholomew Town podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into Bartholomew Town. It's Bill Bartholomew here with you. Look, today I just wanted to take a few minutes and kind of reflect on the last week and change really, the last week and a half, um, and to sort of describe some of the activity that's going on surrounding guns here in Rhode Island specifically because I know a lot of you that that care and even would consider yourself politically active may not have had time or mental energy to take a look at exactly what's happening here in Rhode Island right now as far as the push for um, what, what I think are some pretty common sense gun laws. Um, with obviously there's some opposition and we'll get into that as well, but this all in the wake of what has just been just such a brutal week and a half here. I I, I mean, I have, I've I've been having a hard time with it. I'm not going to lie. You know, just, just the, the reality of what took place in Uvalde is in and of itself just so sinister and so dark and makes you question, so much but then also the specifics of like how do we keep ending up here how is it that 38% of all mass shootings take place in the united states how are we in a position where time and time again this stuff this garbage is happening and serious action isn't being taken it it's mind numbing it's mind boggling it, it it makes it hard to care almost about moving the needle in anything, if this isn't, if, if, if what took place in Uvalde, Texas isn't enough to move the needle on some of these critical issues, what will be? What will be? That's the big question. I mean, how can anybody not understand how critical it is that we make serious adjustments to the approach that we're taking with respect to guns here in this country? Seriously, I I mean, how can anybody sit back and say, hey, eh, let's just keep the status quo because anything else is just infringing on our rights. Folks, the Constitution is a living, breathing document. There's no way you're going to tell me that the framers had this in mind, that that, that, this type of um, freelance access to, at the time, unimaginable weapons with unimaginable capabilities for destruction, destruction, Specifically with an AR type of rifle And the ability that that weapon has to <sighs> Obliterate a person Far beyond a, a, a handgun or anything of that sort You know, so you sit there and you, you see this stuff playing out And I just don't know How this particular issue isn't a nonpartisan issue really i, I it, it's hard for me to wrap my head around so you know all all of that is taking place right now that's 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 in the background that's in the foreground that's that's completely impacting just about every person on the planet in one way shape or form right now the mental understanding of we have this major tragic situation in this country we have a push to correct it yet there's still pockets of opposition and those pockets of opposition are Sometimes camouflaged, and that's where we get to in Rhode Island, where we have a number of Democrats that are in some cases in leadership positions who have significant uh high ratings from the n r a so so when we look at Rhode Island right now, there's really the the big push, and folks this week, I don't know if you had a chance to to see any of the coverage of or watch any of the rallies that took place because there were a number of press conferences. There was a big rally at the state house steps uh, earlier this week. I think it was Wednesday where you had just about every elected officer, elected state officer. In fact, I think you had, you had them all, all five were there, um, you know, activist groups, labor, you name it. Members of the state general assembly pushing for five bills. And they are as follows. One is to limit the capacity of magazines to ten rounds. All right, so let's let's start there. So let's say you're a target shooter. Let's say you're you're somebody who's concerned about a home invasion. If you can't get it done in ten rounds, I don't know what the hell you're doing with a weapon anyway. Seriously, like what what is this? You know, you're you're not in a battlefield type of scenario where you're, you know you've got 50 different threats coming at you from all different directions you know where, where you got to spray indiscriminately spray bullets indiscriminately i mean that that is the bare minimum right there i don't know how anybody can be opposed to that okay the regulation of assault weapons i mean come on folks that what does that even mean what is an assault weapon that needs to be specifically defined but not, not so that people can use that as a cop-out The specifics of that regulation should be that the average, everyday civilian does not need these sorts of weapons. No, I've heard from people who have said, well, wait a minute, you know, I'm a target shooter. This is going to impact, you know, the youth who get involved in target shooting, so on and so forth. Too bad. Every once in a while, we have to make a a sacrifice for the greater good. These weapons should not be in the hands of civilians. It is ridiculous that, and and again, I, I have no problem even as a vegan with the notion of hunting, I have no problem with the notion of the sport itself, target shooting and things like this, right? So long as that, that, that device, that, that weapon is locked in, in an appropriate manner as one traverses from, the, from their home or wherever they, they store the weapon to the range. But with semi-automatic weapons that can be either be modified or if they're not modified... We're at a point now where we just have to say, you know what, this, this is something that is, it, it's not a constitutional violation. It's a, pub, it's a policy choice for these weapons to be distributed to the general public. All right, the second bill they want to have, and this is shocking, folks, they want to prohibit the open carry of long guns in public. So in Rhode Island, you can walk around with a long gun and, and it's and it's legal, and I'm trying to think of examples where I've seen this. I think I have seen this, and for some reason I just didn't didn't register of just how ridiculous this is. But you can, there's open carry allowed here in Rhode Island for long guns in public, so they want to overturn that. And obviously, I mean, Attorney General Narona, you know, he's trying to play to the, the the more conservative sector by saying if you back the blue, you back these bills. This one is completely true. So even for those folks who are on that more conservative tint on this issue, you know, the the notion of, and I know there's a lot of nuance to that as well, and that's almost a whole separate sidebar of, you know, should, should you have a, a state that can outgun or outmaneuver its populace? And that kind of gets into really, I would say, probably some of the definition of what the second amendment stood for right and i get that that's that's a thing but it's also mostly fantasy world save for a few exceptions you know what i mean unless you have access to fighter planes and nuclear weapons good luck taking on the, the united states government you just i don't care what long gun you have or any of that nonsense so it's a fantasy world type of argument they want to raise the age from 18 to 21 to buy long guns make it 25 Same with the ammunition. Make it 25, please. Oh, well, you know, you're the same people who are advocating for, you know, kids that are 16, 17 to vote. Yes. There's an inconsistency there, perhaps. Fine. Again, sacrifice for the greater good. Having 18, 19, 20, 20, 21 even-year-old kids being able to access these weapons on a whim, or even through a specific and detail-oriented process, is outrageous. And the last piece of legislation is to strengthen the safe firearm storage laws here in Rhode Island. I mean, folks, you should—if you have a weapon, there should be ex- there should be serious requirements for how it's stored. There should be serious requirements for how that weapon is stored in any context. I'm talking advanced security lock boxes completely childproof, completely foolproof type of scenario. And I understand that 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 in a home defense situation that could be somewhat problematic. But there are, as I understand, there are such lock boxes, such lock locking mechani- uh, locking devices that can be readily accessed either using a fingerprint or whatever it is, and you may lose five to ten seconds, but the average result is so much more important to prohibit or at least thwart children from being able to access these weapons, or people who aren't supposed to being able to access these weapons. Now, I am not so I am not going to sit here and say we should, you know, the, uh, repeal the Second Amendment. You'll never get it done. First of all, second of all, like I said, you know, hunting, target shooting, self defense. These are legitimate arguments. But the Second Amendment Coalition yesterday along with a number of other of 2A groups this and I'm taping this on a Friday so on Thursday held rally at the state house. You know, and and their argument is that by the, these these pieces of legislation are somehow going to Im- impact and Im- impede the rights of everyday Rhode Islanders, you know. Law-abiding citizen, citizens, as they will say. It is not even a remotely good faith argument. Now, the other thing they're going to say is school security. They're going to say, we need to beef up school security. Fine. Governor McKee himself called for this week in a group huddle with the Department of Education, with the Rhode Island State Police that every school in the state has to audit their security and their infrastructure and be completed with that audit by June 10th, right? They're also going to say, oh, it's mental health. There is a mental health component, and we don't take mental health seriously enough here in this country. There's no doubt about it. And access to appropriate therapy for everyday people is limited in terms of health insurance coverage and and so on and so forth. That's those are all legitimate things. It's not one or the other. And that's the lack of good faith arguing that I'm hearing right now from from folks who are, you know, obsessive with two way. It's it's not one or the other. Should schools schools be secure absolutely? Should they resemble a prison? No, they should not. Is there a way to accomplish both of them? Of course there is. Should mental health options be available for people? Absolutely. Should there be interventionary methods for people who are displaying um, tendencies that could be harmful, to result in them harming someone else or themselves? Yeah. I think back to Marcia Wranglin-Vassal, Reb Vassal, who was on with us um, what about a month ago in the Childhood Trauma Informed Act, where basically the bill allowed for training for everybody from bus monitors to the school lunch lady, anyone who was involved in a child's life to be able to understand signs and recognize signs that somebody needs intervention in one way, shape or form. Not just because they're, you know, they're they're likely to cause a violent scene, but but because they're struggling. Oh the pushback was well you know th- these people aren't aren't qualified for that and I'm not saying that they should conduct therapy sessions but being able to recognize it yeah that's all part of what well, let's call it an alphabet soup to throw back to the glory days of of american um, you know national vision It's going to take an alphabet soup type approach folks There's no other way to put it and it's going to include bills such as the ones the five that are being proposed right now it's going to and it's going to take a coordinated effort to secure schools in a way that that everybody can get behind which you'll never get quite there there's going to be a compromise there's going to be a compromise on sros right there's going to have to be there's going to have to be a compromise on on other things like you know coming to and from school facilities And there's going to have to be other compromises that are made in terms of um, funding for mental health. That'll include some of the private sector. That'll include some public sector stuff. That'll include personal uh, decision-making about valuing your own mental health, which I want to get get into in just a couple of seconds. But we had some, I had some planned, roughly planned. I know earlier in the week, I said, we're going to have some people on to talk about this stuff. And, And folks, they're all so busy. That as we were trying to schedule, you know, some of the, the people who represent various um, gun-related groups, you know, I was able to book them for the radio earlier this week. But you know, I said, get, let, let's let's do this. Let's get get these bills done. I'm just going to do a monologue and talk about it, and let's regroup after because this shouldn't fade away. And that's that's my next concern. I want to get to as well. We cannot allow. And maybe because of the trend we're on right now with what we saw in Tulsa and what we see with the continuation of these mass shootings taking place on a god-awful regular basis, we cannot allow this to escape our consciousness by the 4th of July or something like that. This is a dreadful moment. I think that there, you know, you see the student protests that took place, you know, folks that, that particularly Pawtucket, where kids organized and and walked out of class in three different buildings, Shea, Tolman, and Blackstone Valley Prep, rallied at City Hall. And while I understand that there there were some other issues raised that weren't specific to school security, the fundamentals of it was, hey, we're scared and we need to be listened to. And that is what we need to do now more than ever. And that includes, again, I'm not saying that the the, the two-way community should just be ignored and stomped upon and and made to be complete morons or anything like that. They, they, but they, they need to step up as well with proposals, not on mental health, not on school security, not on this, that, the other, on guns and make serious concessions. We need to listen to everybody on this one. But we also know as a country where we stand, we know we have a moral compass. We have a value set that, at times has been tested and at times has resulted in extreme negativity don't get me wrong but we need to do better in this moment to be the city on the hill that we're supposed to be for the rest of the world to see there's a lot of embarrassing things happening right now this is in in many ways shape and forms this is at the top of the list with all the things going on worldwide with our, with our division and divisiveness in, in so many different sectors, this is an absolute national disgrace and it needs to be addressed immediately. Now, I know President Biden spoke and I know that there's going to be probably some movement in, in, at the federal level, but it needs to be swift, it needs to be severe, and it needs to be done in a way that there's some mutual give and take So they might not raise the age to 25, okay? I don't like it. 21 it is, but you've got to be willing to then, uh, like I said, uh, uh, the assault rifle situation, and don't give me the, it's a semi-automatic, it's this, that, the the rifles, and it's not because it looks scary, it's because of the destruction that it can do. There are very few of these shootings, I understand, relative to the big picture, you know, in terms of other violent acts, in terms of other shootings. I understand that it's not like, you know, we're having 5,000 of these a day. When they do happen, they are extraordinarily destructive, and they wouldn't be nowhere near as destructive were it not for the fact that those weapons are used. So it's a garbage argument that needs to be dismissed. And once that's dismissed, then you come to the table and you find solutions. And if that means that certain people can't have target practice with with an AR-15, you know, that might be the compromise we have to make for the sake of the nation. How about personal sacrifice? How about stepping it up for once, please? It's a disgrace. And the last thing I want to talk about is mental health, folks. When we hear about this mental health thing, it's all true. You know, a lot of people dismiss it and say, well, that's just an, that's a cop-out. It's not a cop-out. It's part of the picture. But we're not just talking about or we shouldn't just be talking about it. I should say, you know, people who are, you know, have, have a mental health issue and then, the, the, you know, somehow that's going to lead them to, you know, carry out a vicious act inside a school or inside a grocery store, inside a hospital, on the streets, at a concert, at a nightclub, at a church. It's also you and me. Like I said, this is this this one's been tough for me. You guys know that I'm pretty open about the fact that some of the stuff that we talk about that we cover, of course, it impacts me personally. You know, and I'm not uh, you know this this isn't you know straight reporting. You know, like gather the facts and you know basically in a robotic manner report it out. I'm a human being, first and foremost. I'm an artist, and I'm I'm a performer. And I'm an opinionator. And I'm telling you right now that this stuff has been, been hurting me. And I know it's been hurting a lot of you too. It's caused me to look at things from an extreme lens that even in, in my moments of disgust with certain tactics or certain scenarios has put me over the top. You know it's it's I, I've been way too aggressive against certain people that that are advocating for themselves and and for their interests as a result of this, I think everyone's voice should be heard. No one should stifle anyone's voice. but you sometimes you got to step back and I have stepped back folks, and I have realized that this thing has impacted me. Big time. And if you ignore that, you know it's not a situation where you turn off the news. it's gonna surface in ways that you're you're not gonna like in your dealings with friends, family, co-workers, if you're in the public sector, if you're a public figure it, it whatever it may be you're, you you need to recognize that this is this is heavy, And when we talk about mental health Whatever it is that, that you need Don't be afraid to seek it I mean for us millennials especially Columbine 9-11 A recession Student loans Inflation The insertion of automation and AI Taking a lot of jobs away Reduced or, or minimum wage stagnation Social media, a pandemic, additional horror with shootings and so on and so forth. Whoever you are, man, this, 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 this is crazy, and it's okay to recognize that and step back and try to make corrections. You know, and I know I have. I've 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 had I've had a rough week with this. I really have week and a half and. You know, I lashed out at, at in ways that, you know, even as an opinionator, even as a performer, you know, it, it takes you there. This kind of stuff takes you to that next level. It takes you to that place where you're, you lose your grounding and we can't afford to, to do that. That's the soul of, of humanity that we need to be able to stay connected to. So when we talk about mental health, it's not just because we want to intervene and stop a school shooter. It's because we want to make sure we don't hurt ourselves as a nation, as a world, as a species, just by observing and experiencing this horror. You can catch me on Lively Experiment this weekend. If you're listening on Friday on the podcast, it's tonight at 7 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS. Sundays at noon on Rhode Island PBS. If you're listening on the radio right now, you can also find it at, uh, well, not just if you're listening on the radio, you can find it at uh, ripbs.org, and I'll tweet it out at Bill Bartholomew. And if you have any thoughts on this and you want to talk about it, send me an email, bill at ripodcast.com. Take care of each other. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk next week.